Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of The Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this Halloween edition of The Kettlecast, we talk about spooky subjects such as the Hawks' three-game losing streak, the Kings coming to the farm tomorrow, and I introduce a new segment called Fresh Off the Farm. Let's get into it. The Hawks are on a three-game losing streak. That's especially disappointing after they had strung together a two-game winning streak. Uh, Two games is more like a line segment, so I don't know if that was a streak, but three games is certainly a losing streak. The Hawks have done a couple things that are troubling on this three-game losing streak. Most notably is the turnovers continue to stack up. So the three games that the Hawks have lost are the game at home against Chicago, they lost on the road at Philadelphia, and they lost on the road at Cleveland. Last game against Cleveland's particularly disappointing because Cleveland had not won any other games before this. Another way to look at it is Cleveland had just fired their coach, Teron Liu. They were on a six-game losing streak, and they were playing at home, and they were supremely motivated to get a win in front of their fans, but It was disappointing that the Hawks never really were even in the Cleveland game. To go back to the game at State Farm Arena against Chicago, the Hawks had 22 turnovers. Their big three that I'm really going to talk about in this segment, Trey Young, Kent Bazemore, and Torian Prince, combined for 15 of those turnovers. Trey was minus 21 on the game Kent Bazemore was minus 18 and Torian Prince was minus 17 and what those numbers mean is that the Hawks when each one of those players was on the court the aggregate score of that time was the negative 21 with Trey the negative 18 with Kent or the negative 17 with Torian Prince when three of your starters have performances like that it's not a winning recipe In some of these games, particularly the Philly game and the Cleveland game, the Hawks also got into foul trouble, which does not help. The Chicago game, the Hawks played pretty good defense without fouling. Torian only had one foul. Bazemore had three fouls. Vince Carter got in foul trouble and had five. The Hawks as a team only had 13 fouls. In the Philly game, the Hawks had 18 fouls. Then in the Cleveland game, the Hawks had 29 fouls with Torian fouling out of the game and Bazemore having five of those fouls. When you're giving teams shots at the free throw line when you're fouling a lot or easy buckets in transition when you're turning the ball over a lot, it's just not a really winning recipe. It makes the game that much harder to win. The Hawks are just making things difficult for themselves. And to go back to the turnovers, the Hawks had 22 turnovers in the Chicago game. They only had 13 against Philadelphia, which we'll go back to and I think was one of the better games of the season. It just happens that Philadelphia is really freaking good. And then the Hawks had 22 turnovers against Cleveland. Those turnovers and a lot of the Hawks turnovers are... Players getting into the paint and then trying to kick out. That means a lot of the turnovers are live ball turnovers where the other team's getting the ball and getting an advantage by being able to push the ball up the court. And it also puts the Hawks in a 
disadvantage situation. So they either foul or they give up an easy transition bucket. The amount of turnovers and kind of the consistency of Kent Bazemore and Torian Prince having these turnovers. Trey is understandable, at least in that he's a rookie player and he's still figuring things out. He has had some issues getting blocked at the rim and getting blocked going to the basket and he's still figuring out how to navigate his way through NBA length and athleticism. But Kent Bazemore is one of the veterans on the team. He should know how to limit his turnovers. And Torian, this is his third year, and he's another one of the leaders of the team. With Torian specifically, I think he's trying to stretch his game a little bit more and add some playmaking to his game. But so many of the turnovers that I get frustrated about aren't turnovers where he's making a playmaking attempt it's he's getting caught in the air with nothing to do and now he has to make a pass that is a really difficult pass to make I think it's good that he's stretching his offensive ability he's already come extremely far as an offensive player but I wish he'd be a little more aggressive as instead of trying to pass the ball out when he goes into the lane and actually just finishing attempting a layup or attempting to draw a foul because he's been very effective both shooting and being aggressive at the rim. As many as of the turnovers that have come on the guards or wings crashing and trying to kick out, another inordinate amount of turnovers comes from when when our wings and guards also try to pass the ball to our big men, including Dwayne Deadman and Alex Lane, trying to give the big men bounce passes in the paint. It's extremely hard first of all that's not even talking about miles plumley who has asked the guards several times you can see it him point up in the air saying throw me a lob versus trying to get him to catch a ball off the ground trying to have a big man reach down and catch a ball in traffic is extremely difficult and it's not putting them in a good position position to succeed i don't think that Dwayne deadman and alex lynn have been the greatest at finishing so far this season but the passes that they've received from torian kent trey and even deandre bimbry are very difficult passes to catch one of the things you have to do as a point guard or as any sort of facilitator is put your teammates in positions to succeed so hopefully the turnovers and the fouling is something that can be worked on they got a lot of video from these three games of passes that the guys should not attempt or that are a little more ambitious. I know Coach Lloyd Pierce said after the Chicago game that players were trying to make home run plays instead of just trying to make the simple play, and they really wanted the players to focus on making the simple play and not trying to force that home run play. They got a lot of tape of bad habits, and hopefully they'll be able to rectify that and get some good habits going. Another thing that's been a little bit concerning, the three-point shooting. Trey, Kent, and Torian are asked to shoot a ton of threes, and they can hit the threes at a high percentage, but through these three games, each of them has, has had one good game shooting three-pointers. In Chicago, Torian hit two of five. In Philadelphia, Bays hit two of five. In Cleveland, Trey hit three of four. But otherwise, these are nights of 0-6 from Trey. Bays shot 0-4 from the three-point line in Cleveland. Torian only made one three-pointer in both Philadelphia and Cleveland. And in our offense, which so much is predicated on getting the ball up the court quick and shooting a quick shot, which oftentimes is a three, those shooting percentages from your big players are not going to get it done. And I think a lot of the threes 
can also be shots where they're not taking the three-pointer when it's open and they're making a drive and kick or they're passing the ball. I've been a little bit critical of the Hawks overpassing, which I think directly contributes to some of the turnovers. When you pass up an open shot, you're directly hurting your offensive performance because the whole point of the offense is to generate those good shots. I've been very impressed with Omari Spellman just being willing to shoot shots. And in this three games, I'm happy to see that Trey has taken at least four threes in all those games. His game against the Dallas Mavericks that we won, he only shot three threes, which is not enough in my opinion. He's got to be aggressive shooting a three because he is so fast that if people respect his three-point shot, he's going to be able to use that then to get into the paint and use that to then be able to kick out to his teammates. Really, these turnovers, the fouling, and how the three-point shooting is going for kind of the Hawks' big three is something that stood out to me about these three games. Uh, There have been highlights in these games. Alex Lynn had a wonderful game against Cleveland where he really came out and he, I think he was perfect from the floor or close to it. He had 22 points. The game against Philadelphia, the Hawks were tied going into halftime. They couldn't keep it up. I think some of that is just having to have Vince Carter play so many minutes and also just being a young team and losing a little bit of focus down towards the end. The Hawks did a really good job in Philadelphia of taking Philly out of what they do best and getting Embiid to shoot some mid-range shots and running good offense in the first half, but they were not able to sustain it for four quarters. It certainly was not all negative. First three game losing streak is going to happen to almost every team in the league besides the Golden State Warriors, who are just incredible. If you can go see Clay's shooting performance where he broke Steph's record for number of three-pointers in a game, I highly recommend that. But you're going to have three-game losing streaks. It's just you want to see improvement on that. Going into this Kings game, I really hope the Hawks have figured some things out and perform a lot better. What could be scary about the Kings coming to town? In past years, I would have agreed with you. The Kings would be exactly what the Hawks are looking for right now in the middle of a three-game losing streak. But the Kings this year are a little different. They're coming in on a four-game winning streak of their own, but this will be their third game in four days. The Hawks will be playing their fifth game in seven days. What are the Kings doing well that have got them in this position? Well, they're third in the league in field goal percentage. They're leading the league in two-point attempts and two-pointers made. And they're second in free throws attempted. They've gotten some really strong production from a lot of the young players who have disappointed in the past. Second-year player De'Aaron Fox, who comes from Kentucky, is having a really strong start to the season. He's averaging 17.5 points a game, 7 assists, and and 1.5 steals. Another wildcat... Willie Cauley-Stein is having a resurgent year. He was a top 10 pick and had really worked his way to the end of the bench. Um, And with the Kings drafting Marvin Bagley and also getting Harry Giles back from injury, uh, I really thought that Willie Cauley-Stein might find his way off of the Kings. But he's having a great start to the season. He's averaging 17 points, 9 rebounds, um, which are all career highs and It's good to see a young player come back from that. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks' front court handles going against Willie Colley-Stein. 
Of course, there's their number two overall pick, Marvin Bagley from Duke, the big lefty. He is averaging 12 points, seven rebounds, and one block. And he is really outperforming what a lot of people, including myself, thought he would do at the NBA level. There's no doubt how athletically gifted Marvin Bagley is, but there was some question as whether his motor would be enough to keep up the production that he had in the ACC last year. And so far, he's been able to do that. He still has his flaws, and he's just a rookie. He still likes He's a left-handed player. He really likes to go to the left. But he's doing a good job for the Kings, especially being a rookie. Finally, their leading scorer this season is Buddy Heald, also known as Buddy Love. He's a Sooner, just like our Trey Young, and he's averaging 19 points a game and shooting 45% from three. And with a team that doesn't have a lot of three-point shooters and is missing another one of their really good players in Boyan Bogdanovich, Buddy Heal's shooting is extremely important for the Kings. So it'll be interesting to see if that real that young core for the Kings can keep playing as well as they're playing right now. They should be a stiffer challenge than what I certainly thought at the beginning of the year. The Hawks are not going to get any respite from this winning streak just by having the Kings come to the farm, but it'll be good to see. The Hawks should, being at home, should be very helpful for the Hawks, and they should be able to defend, and one thing the Kings have not been great at is playing defense. They have given up a ton of points, and while their point differential is not very bad, that's been helped by the fact that they've blown out some teams, especially on this win streak. Um, They've beaten good teams on this win streak. This win streak has included wins over Memphis and the Heat and the Wizards. They have given up a lot of points. And so hopefully the Hawks will be able to get some of their three-point shooting and just their scoring in general back on track versus the Kings. It's still weird to say that the Kings coming in is not a cakewalk or is certainly could be a trap game. But for a team that's on a three-game losing streak, I don't think there's any track games and I think coach Lloyd Pierce will have the Hawks ready and I'm sure that Trey Young will want to perform well going against a player who's picked ahead of him in Marvin Bagley. The matchup of Darren Fox and Trey Young should be extremely fun to watch as two young point guards, two really fast young point guards going at each other who also kind of get it done in very different ways. Darren Fox is not a big three-point shooter and is going to really try to take Trey to the hoop and get Trey into foul trouble, whereas Trey is going to try to get his teammates involved and he's going to shoot that perimeter shot. So that should be a very exciting matchup to begin with, and we'll see what happens when the Hawks play the Kings. This is a new segment called Fresh Off the Farm, where I ask a friend who's gone to a Hawks game with me what they thought about State Farm Arena and what they thought about the Hawks. This will be with friends who are big basketball fans and also more casual fans. So let me know what you think. This first episode with it is with my good friend Hunter Kaplan. If you could just tell us what you know about the Hawks or what your <laughs> Hawks experience has been up to now um, and we'll go from there. Yeah I'm a much bigger Braves fan for sure than a Hawks fan but I, I have gone to a few games with you definitely in the past and 
definitely enjoy uh, enjoy seeing them when I can. So I don't know. This is a pretty exciting team. They're on a different track than previous teams, and yeah, see where they can go from here. Just to start off with, this is your first time going with the arena after its renovation. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything about the renovation you want to talk about or anything that you particularly liked or didn't like? Yeah, we walked around before the game, and it, it, it's awesome. It feels like an actual stadium now, which is different. I know we, we talked about that a little bit earlier, but previously felt like a mall or felt like a food court or felt mm-hmm. like something other than a stadium, and now it, it definitely you get that, that big open concourses and you get to see lots of fans walking around, so it's it's a great place. I think that they're gonna like playing for a very long time. In yeah, right when we walked in, you said it kind of had a little bit of a Mercedes Benz vibe to it. Yeah, it's those big concrete pillars and big concourses. <laughs> I don't know, it just the space feels so much bigger now. And we hit Antico's Pizza for <laughs> dinner. Uh, I thought it was pretty solid pizza. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Better, I think, than you'd expect at a at a stadium for mm-hmm. sure. If you're looking for something a little bit different, that's it's good. It was pretty. I, I think the line was, was pretty decently long. I mean, and they gave you a good amount of pizza. It was for yeah. fourteen dollars, and then we also got the bottomless sodas that you could <laughs> refill at any of the. Fountain that's great. Stations. I wish they had that at, at Brave Stadium for sure. Yeah, that was a big success. Getting to the game, it was a tough watch, especially at the end. Just. To have the Hawks not be able to pull it out against the Bulls. What did you think of the team or thoughts throughout the game? Flashes of, of kind of what you may expect to see in the future, I think, from this team. So a lot of points where we were making threes left and right and mm-hmm. could feel the excitement building the stadium. It felt like we could never really turn the corner and, mm-hmm. and make that into a, a permanent lead. The Bulls always answered or you know, we always ended up giving the ball away in the next possession. So... I think you could definitely see with this team maybe in the future, you know, really high scoring, lots of lots of threes, lots of quick moving the ball. But I think it's it's going to be a little while before they they put it all together. I don't know. The Hawks started the game really shooting lights out in that first quarter, yeah. or they had six threes, and then they ended up only making twelve threes for the game, and that just kind of sort of sums up the the game itself. It was. A slow game to begin with. It like Sloppy neither team, game. yeah, neither team could score. I think both <laughs> shot really poorly. The Hawks could never seem to like get in sync, like you said. And the Bulls really kind of, even when the Hawks had a lead early, it felt like the Bulls were just missing shots. Whereas the Hawks had a bunch of turnovers and yep. it almost felt like giving the Chicago an opportunity un- to take unforced, a lead. Unforced errors on the Hawks side for sure. Yeah, Trey really didn't have a, a good night for him. Towards the end of the game, I really distinctly just remember the fourth quarter and how the Hawks cut it mm-hmm. to four on kind of Vince Carter hitting some threes. Yep. And then, as we were talking about on the way back, the Bulls just seemed to make a three every time the Hawks Yeah, the did. stadium you know, got loud. Everybody was cheer- you know, cheering, chanting. You could feel that it felt like, I don't know if it was a sellout, but it felt pretty full in there. Mm-hmm. And then, you're right, like the next possession, it would be another three from, from, uh, from Chicago. So never could really put together two or three possessions in a row. Is there anything that stood out to you about um, any of the players? Or were, did anybody impress you? Or did anybody Well, I kept, say, I, mean, I kept saying for, for the Hawks, Demon was like destroying people on the boards. I mm-hmm. think he had, was it like 15 or 13 or 15 rebounds? Yeah. And, I mean, that's great that you have somebody who's really like physical and getting the ball. Because... The Hawks are going to be shooting. That's fine. Yeah. You need somebody in there who can who can get rebounds. Yeah. Players, so I, I was really impressed with him. And he's this is just his second game back, and I wonder how long he's going to be relegated to the bench rather than 
starting versus Alex Lynn. On the way back, we were talking about the plus-minus yeah, and how the starters for the Hawks all were negative. Yeah, I think so. Every single one of our, our starters was negative tonight. And there were only three players that were positive? Let's see. Bembry, Devin, Jeremy Lynn, and Herter were all positive. All positive? Yeah. This was kind of your first look at... Herter and Omari Spellman as well. What do you think of the yeah, two rookies? Well, Herter's that like classic option on the outside. It felt like he was open, and you kind of felt like he should be getting the ball more. Mm-hmm. I don't know it was always like you could see him out of the corner of your eye. So hopefully he gets some more looks. I know he's a rookie, so I don't know he'll it'll take some time for him to get more confidence and guys yeah. to get more confidence in him. But yeah, he was yeah, he was good. And then who who what were the other? Sorry, Omari Spellman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was good too off off the bench again. He's another guy. I mean, similar to. Demon, who was getting rebounds, is kind of doing everything, assists. So. Yeah. In, in limited time, too. I think he was only on the court 15 or 20 minutes. So Right. And assists were something the team was really missing. And it kind of felt also with the all the turnovers that some of the guys were overpassing the ball and not taking the open yeah. shot. That can hurt you just as much as some, one person taking all the shots. If you get the ball and you're not taking that open shot, you've really defeated the whole purpose of the offense getting you that open shot. And it was frustrating to see guys pass the ball away. I know Trey passed it a couple times. I wanted him to shoot. Mm-hmm. And Kevin did, and Torian even, a three. But the big guys, our starters who were in the negative, but the big guys who handled the ball, Torian Prince, Baysmore, and Trey Young all turned the ball over more than five times or around five times, I think. And the Hawks are just not going to be able yeah. to win games like that. Yep. I mean, it's one thing to be letting the other team beat you, but when you're you're beating yourself, it's something else. So this, I mean, the team is young, so I think they'll put it together. But it's going to start just having confidence, I think, in, the, in themselves. It's probably yeah. the biggest thing. Honor, it was fun to go to the game. Yeah, with it, was, you. it was an awesome game. I'm super uh, excited about that. Is, yeah. So. Is there anything else about the game or the arena or the experience you'd want to talk about? No. I mean, I, I hope we get crowds like I know you went to the game earlier this week. It was a sellout, and tonight was a, a great crowd. So hopefully, we'll keep getting crowds like that. And yeah. Seemed like you know they're putting putting money in things like the the hype videos and you know yeah. more trying to get more fan involvement. So it's a fun place to, to go see a game. So yeah, we saw the uh, Jamie Gertz, the wife of owner Tony Wrestler. <laughs> yeah, she she even did a promo. Yeah, it's funny. Talk about the promo a little bit. Well, I mean, I think she's she's they're looking for feedback from fans, so she put up her email address, which was something like Jamie at Hawks dot com or something. So right. They were like, if anything, you see, you have any ideas, you. Have any have any suggestions? I think she said if we run out of toilet paper, <laughs> yeah. send send her an email. So that's uh, yeah. I guess they're looking for for fans to get involved, which is great. You know, it's great to have an organization that let the fans decide what's on the court, or engage, what's on the game. Yeah, engage the fans. Uh, it was also her and Tony Wrestler's thirtieth anniversary yeah. and her birthday. And Hunter, you made the great joke of like someone was going to send some an email <laughs> Birth, asking birthday wishes, yeah, yeah, birthday wishes, and ask for some toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, it's always dangerous when you put your email out to 15,000 <laughs> people. You might get some some crazies, but that I mean that's cool. The sea owners that involved, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on the awesome. podcast, thanks, sure. Hunter. And that concludes the sixth episode of the Kettlecast. I appreciate you listening. Um, you can email me at kettlecast at gmail.com. If you send me a question, I'll answer it in the next episode. But hopefully the Hawks can turn this scary losing streak into a winning streak when they play the Kings tomorrow. 
and go Hawks.